I am James, elder brother of John and a son of Zebedee. We were fishermen with our friends Andrew and Simon Peter when Jesus called us to become his disciples. John and I were quick to anger in those early days. One time when traveling to Jerusalem, the people of a little village refused us food and shelter. We had walked many miles that day, and we were footsore and weary. John and I were furious at the lack of courtesy. Angrily, I asked Jesus, Lord, let us call down fire from heaven to destroy this miserable little town in menace. But he sternly replied, shaking his head, No, you do not know what you ask. The Son of Man did not come to destroy, but to save. Then, seeing our shamed faces, he knowingly added, You two brothers are as fierce and quick as thunder and lightning. And, from that point on, we became known as the Sons of Thunder. I have tried to quiet my thunder most of the time, but I get so angry, especially with those who don't trust Jesus. Peter, John, and I were constant companions as we followed Jesus. We were with him in Gethsemane, that terrible night before his crucifixion. I can never forget the desolation that we felt. My burning faith caused me to be the first martyr of the twelve disciples. When King Herod Agrippa started persecuting the church, I was beheaded with a sword. My death fulfilled the prophecy of Jesus, who had said, This cup that I drink, you shall drink also. Even though I had to pay the extreme sacrifice for my faith, being martyred for Christ, I wouldn't change a moment of my time spent with Him. My experience with Christ was wonderful beyond imagination. There were times when we experienced great fear and uncertainty, but I gladly followed my Savior into death. He is my Lord and my King. I am John, the brother of James. He has spoken of me and how, in spite of our quick tempers and foolish impulsiveness, Jesus loved us dearly. Leaving our family to follow Jesus was the most important decision of our lives. I am the youngest of the disciples, and my time with Jesus was exhilarating. I watched his many miracles with excitement and awe, and saw how his love had changed the lives of those who he touched. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, our master served the First Communion. I sat on Jesus' right hand side. He talked of betrayal, of being taken from us. He seemed to be in some private agony that none of us could comprehend. I will never forget that terrible day when Jesus was crucified. All of the other disciples ran away, but I could not leave my Lord. He asked me to take care of his mother. It was all I could do for him. Can you imagine how he felt when he heard from the woman that Jesus was risen? I outran Peter to the tomb in my haste to know that it was true. Later in my life, I was banished to the Isle of Patmos. There I was given the visions of the last days which I wrote down in the books of Revelation. I was the last of twelve to bear earthly witness of Christ and live to see the end of the first century. I am Philip, Nathaniel's brother. I first came to Bethany to hear John the Baptist speak, and while there I met Jesus. I found him a very interesting person and a very powerful speaker. I was so moved by Jesus that I had to bring Nathaniel to hear him also. For many months we traveled with the Master up and down Palestine. I saw the lame walk, I witnessed the blind made to see, and even more amazing, I saw Jesus bring the dead back to life. 
I, it didn't take me long to realize that Jesus was indeed the true Messiah, but I still had much to learn. When Jesus told us that God was our Heavenly Father, it was almost beyond my understanding. I was the one who asked, Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, After all I have done and said, Philip, do you not know that I am in the Father and he is in me? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Startled, I drew back from Jesus, but suddenly I began to understand. How had I been so blind? For months I had watched Jesus at work. I looked, but did not see. I heard what he said, but did not understand. I had accepted what Jesus did, and then demanded more proof. After I watched Jesus ascend into heaven, a newborn sense of commitment and conviction seemed to strengthen me. I spent the rest of my life as a missionary. I died a martyr's death in Heropolis. I am James the Lesser, son of Alphaeus and Mary. History does not tell much of my life. There is even confusion about who I really am or how closely I am related to Jesus. Whether I was his brother or not seems unimportant. What is important is that he called on me to become one of his disciples, and I answered his call. The lessons I learned while with him changed my life completely. When Jesus was crucified on that cross, it seemed as if part of me died with him there. But when we saw Jesus alive after his resurrection, I was given a new life and a new spirit. So much so that on the day of Pentecost, I was able to preach the good news with great joy and happiness. Later in my life, I served as a leader in the church at Jerusalem. I am sometimes referred to as the Bishop of Jerusalem. Faith played a vital role in my life. By declaring my faith to all Jerusalem, I angered the scribes and Pharisees. In their rage, they threw me to the ground. The fall did not kill me, so my attackers stoned me. When my master died, he called on God to forgive his murderers. How could I do anything less? I am glad that I remained loyal to the master to the very end. As a Christian, it was my desire to show that Jesus came to reconcile man to man and man to God. I am Andrew. I am not particularly gifted. I am just an average man like any one of you. I was a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee when I met John the Baptist. His challenging message moved me to follow him until the day Jesus appeared. I knew at once that I had found the Messiah. I hurried to find my brother, Simon Peter, and said to him, We have found the Messiah. Peter also believed, and we followed the Master. We left our family and our fishing nets behind in order to become fishers of men. On the day when Jesus fed the 5,000, I was the one who pointed out the boy with five loaves and two fish. How incredible to feed so many with so little. Jesus filled our lives with so many wonders. My life ended in, in Patre. There the Roman proconsul, outraged by my refusal to offer a sacrifice to pagan gods, had me scourged and crucified. I died a martyr's death for Christ. I served my life for his cause, but I received so much more than I ever gave. I am Thaddeus. In John's Gospel, I am called Jude. Matthew and Mark refer to me as Lebius. I became a disciple because I liked the way Jesus walked boldly and bravely among all kinds of people. I thought that Jesus was the kind of leader that we needed. He had good common sense. He loved his fellow countrymen, and he was devoted to his cause. The problem was, 
that I did not fully understand his cause. I thought that, by preparing for the coming kingdom of God on earth, Jesus would restore Israel to its old power and glory. How I was wrong. Our master talked about loving our enemies. He talked about returning good for evil. And he never encouraged us to rebel against our enemies. No, Jesus never responded the way I thought he should. Finally, I asked him, Lord, why are you going, going to reveal yourself only to us disciples and not to the whole world? Jesus answered, Because I will only reveal myself to those who love me and obey me. I was disappointed at his answer, but I knew Jesus well enough to know that he probably had a better plan. I just didn't realize that it would be the plan of our salvation. It was not until after Jesus died that I came to understand Jesus came to save sinners. When I finally understood my master, it became my desire, as a Christian, to share with others the life and salvation that Jesus had brought into the world. I am Thomas. Often I am called Didymus, the twin. You know me as Doubting Thomas. It is true that I had moments of doubt, but despite my weak faith, I was known for my sincere devotion to Christ. Like Jesus, I had been a carpenter, and I felt closer to him because of my work. I am a realist, and I knew more and more people wanted Jesus to die. When Jesus told us what we were going to Jerusalem, we knew it was a bad idea. We knew it was dangerous, but I blurted out, Let us go with him, even to die if need be. So we went. Even now, it chills me to think of how prophetic my words were. We were all together for the Passover. The day was dark and oppressive. It matched our mood. We didn't want Jesus to leave us. We didn't want Jesus to die. When Jesus told us what, that he was going to be with his Father in heaven, I asked him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How do we find the way? Jesus revealed his purpose to us when he answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. After Jesus' crucifixion, I was inconsolable. I stayed away from the other disciples. The whole thing was too painful. Later, when I returned to the upper room, they said, He is risen. I simply didn't believe them. I said, I won't believe it until I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hands into his side. But when I saw Jesus alive, when I heard him speak my name, I believed. This man is my Lord and my God. I rejoice today that I believed in the Master and that I gave my soul to the King of Kings. I gave my life as a martyr. I died for Jesus and gladly would do it again. I am Judas Iscariot. Everyone knows me as a traitor who sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Yes, I betrayed the Christ with a kiss. I first received my call to be an apostle by the Sea of Tiberias. I was always a man of ambition. In fact, in the early days, I cherished a hope that Jesus would establish an earthly kingdom and that I would receive a prominent position in his political setup. 
I served as treasurer for the Twelve Apostles. I followed Jesus for selfish reasons, for personal gain. As a cover-up for my greed and hypocrisy, I pretended to be zealous in all my duties. I was always watching for new ways to get more money. When Mary anointed the feet of Jesus, I protested. Why wasn't this ointment sold for 300 shillings and the money given to the poor? I managed to conceal my true motives from the apostles, but somehow I couldn't seem to fool the Christ. He was so very patient with me. Once he said, Haven't I chosen twelve of you? And one of you is the devil. Jesus knew my heart. I wanted him to be everything I thought he should be. I had often wondered why Jesus wasn't more forceful. Why didn't he stand up for himself? Why didn't he oppose the Roman government? So, I thought, by betraying Jesus into the hands of our enemies, I would force Jesus to be the world leader I knew he could be. If I could get the Roman government to force him to choose between life and death, I knew that Jesus would choose life. I knew he would step forward. I knew that Jesus would become the kind of king we all knew he could be. Then, that night in the upper room, Jesus said, What you are going to do, do quickly. That is when I turned my back on my master and snuck out into the night. I sold Jesus for thirty pieces of silver. I led the mob to the Garden of Gethsemane where we found Jesus at prayer, and I betrayed him into the hands of the enemy with a kiss. When I kissed him, he called me friend. His words of love pierced me. My heart sank within me, and my face burnt with the guilt of a traitor. Almost at once I realized that I had made a terrible mistake. Jesus had no intention of living. He was willing to die for his cause. I never expected that. I never wanted him to die. I just wanted him to rule the world like the true Messiah was supposed to do. I was a victim of Satan's deceptive power, and I never saw Jesus as our Savior from sin. I was sorry for my betrayal, but, being a spiritual coward, I refused to ask Jesus for forgiveness. I knew he would forgive me, just as he had done with Peter. But I had played with sin until it had consumed me, and my tragic suicide is known to the entire world. Like Zacchaeus, I am a tax collector. Some call me Levi, others call me Matthew the publican. It is said that there is no class of men in the world more hated than tax collectors. However, that did not stop this man named Jesus. In fact, he approached me one day and said, Follow me. There was no way I could resist. So I left everything and followed him. After my call, I invited Jesus to my house for a feast. When the scribes and Pharisees saw this, they criticized Jesus for eating with the tax collectors and sinners. This prompted Jesus to answer, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. The ancient scriptures became a way of life for me. I was called to preach to the Jews. As a Hebrew myself, I was convinced that all the Old Testament prophecies pointed to Jesus as the coming Messiah. And after Jesus' ascension, I preached the good news in Judea to my own countrymen. Later, I was the first to write the story about Jesus' life and death. After writing the Gospel of Matthew, I became a missionary of the Gospel in every way possible. Tradition and history say that I died a martyr's death, confessing Jesus to the end.
My name is Nathaniel, but some call me Bartholomew. It was my brother Philip who told me that he had found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. I couldn't believe my ears, so I asked him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip ignored my sarcasm and insisted that I go with him. When Jesus saw us coming, he looked at me and said, Here comes an honest man, a true son of Israel. That took me by surprise. How did Jesus know who I was? We had never met before. Jesus replied, I knew who you were even before Philip found you. Filled with elation, I called him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. I followed him for three years as one of the disciples. And after Jesus ascended into heaven, I worked with the other disciples in Jerusalem. Later, I traveled as a missionary in Persia, Egypt, and Armenia. The true manner of my death is not recorded. Some say that I was crucified or beheaded. Some even say that I was flayed alive. How I died is not important. What matters is that I died gladly for my Savior. My torturers destroyed my earthly body and put an end to my earthly ministry, but they could not destroy my soul, which lives today in the mansion of heaven with Christ my Savior. I am Simon the Zealot. Before Jesus called me, I belonged to the group of hot-headed, bloodthirsty revolutionaries known as Zealots. I hated Rome for enslaving my country, and I resented God for turning his back on us. My Jewish brothers didn't seem to care that they were no longer free men. They didn't seem to care that they were slaves in a pagan kingdom. But one day, while I was by the Sea of Tiberias, I met Jesus of Nazareth. He told me about another kind of kingdom, the kingdom of the human heart, where God reigns supreme. Since that day, my attitude toward Rome, toward God, and toward my fellow man has changed. My inner tensions have been relieved. I'm not uptight about things anymore. He gave me a balance in my life that I had never known before. He gave me a peace beyond understanding. I recognize that He is the hope and the answer for all humankind. I couldn't help following Him because He was the greatest person I had ever known. Unconditionally and completely, I surrendered myself to Him. To think His thoughts, to love as He loves, to obey as He obeys, to serve as He serves. History is not certain how I died, either by being crucified or by being sawn in half. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that, after Christ's resurrection, I dedicated my life to Him, and by His grace, I am saved. I am Simon Peter. I was a fisherman when my brother Andrew brought me to Jesus. Jesus looked at me and said, Your name shall be Cephas, meaning rock or stone. I was headstrong and impulsive. My bold spirit caused me to do things I regret and to say things for which I am sorry. But my confession of Jesus was also very bold. I was the one who spoke up when Jesus asked, Who do men say that I am? I blurted out, You are the Christ, 
Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In the garden of Gethsemane, when the mob came after Jesus, I drew my sword to protect him. In anger I cut the ear off of one of the slaves. Jesus was furious and said, Put your sword back in its sheath, for all who live by the sword will die by the sword. After that I ran away, filled with shame and terror. I was the one who had so boldly and brazenly boasted before Christ and all my brothers, I will die before I deny my Savior. And yet I not only denied him, I cursed his name, and I did it three times. After our master ascended into heaven, I became one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. On the day of Pentecost, the Lord spoke through me, and three thousand souls were converted. My life ended when I was seventy-five. I died in the city of Rome as a martyr for Christ. I was crucified upside down because I was not worthy to die in the same way Jesus had died. Thank you.